this episode, we are talking with Dr. Sonia Cabell, researcher and an associate professor of reading education at the School of Teacher Education and the Florida Center for Reading Research at Florida State University. Sonia discusses the preliminary findings from her latest research study, and we learn more about why content knowledge is a key component in successful literacy instruction. A link to her research findings is in the episode notes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest edition of the Building Knowledge Podcast. Today, I have with me Dr. Sonia Cabell. Sonia is an associate professor of reading education at the School of of Teacher Education at the Florida Center for Reading Research at Florida State University. Before she received her PhD at the University of Virginia, she also worked as a second grade teacher and a literacy coach, which means she really understands what all of you are going through in your classrooms every day. Sonia's research focuses on early literacy instruction, and she has a particular interest in prevention of reading difficulties. She has also authored over 60 publications, and those include articles and books, Um, an early childhood language and literacy curricula. She served as the principal investigator or co-principal investigator on federally funded research projects, totaling approximately $9 million. And Sonia has been an advisor or consultant for a variety of national organizations and state departments of education. So as you can see, Sonia is a very, very busy person. Um, So, Sonia, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. So I'd really love it if you can talk to our listeners a little bit about how you became interested in literacy and knowledge in the ELA space. Yeah, thank you. Um, So I started off in my career studying language development um, and how language related to reading development and how can we improve young children's language, oral language skills. So I was interested in in things like vocabulary development. um, And I was really looking at it in the preschool space. And I was a part of projects that were intentionally trying to help teachers Uh, kind of changed the language learning environments of their classrooms. Um, So in in some of those early projects that I was a part of, and it was actually during the time I was in graduate school, and my advisor was Dr. Laura Justice. She's at The Ohio State University now. Um, I was studying um, how can teachers be conversationally responsive partners with young children? And how do we help teachers to do that? Um, And what we found from our research was that teachers um, could, with training, they were able to do the things to keep conversations, to get them started, get conversations started and keep them going. But they weren't doing the things that were necessarily the things that were designed to help children's language grow, such as, um, you know, expanding on what children were saying, extending what they're saying. Uh, they, it was much harder to shift those language modeling types of abilities. Um, so I began to think about how do we help teachers to do this? Um, and, and when I tried to you know, when I was trying out the conversationally responsive strategies myself with young children, 
I realized that when I talked with children, um, the ways of, and the patterns of interacting that I had with people were really difficult to shift. Um, so, um, this led me to think about how do teachers use language in different contexts? And I looked at language modeling in when um, teachers were reading books to children, when they were doing social studies, when they were doing science, um, when there was transition types of activities across a, a, a range of different activities. And in one of my, um, in some of my research, I found that it was actually the, the science context where teachers were um, having higher levels of language modeling and enriching the students' um, language in ways that they weren't doing in the other settings. Uh, so this made me think about whether that content context could be a facilitator for children's, uh, for helping children's language to grow. So that's how I became interested in um, the between language and knowledge. So, you know, we at the Cornellage Foundation obviously think that language is really important that, you know, Dr. Hirsch's idea of um, reading reading is a two-lock box. So you have your decoding piece and then you have that knowledge piece or content. Um, there's a variety of different terms that people use. And you're actually part of the Knowledge Matters Advisory Board. Yes. And they put out a really amazing statement that aligns exactly what with what our philosophy is. Um, so can you talk to us just a little bit about that statement in terms of the importance of the knowledge part of the science of reading? Because science of reading is so big right now um, and teachers for the most part, has, have really embraced it, but sometimes that knowledge piece is getting left out. Yes. Um, so the way I like to think about that knowledge piece, let's let's situate it in the simple view of reading. So many teachers are aware of that simple view of reading, where reading comprehension is equals um, decoding times listening comprehension or or language comprehension, um, and the science of reading really is about the whole science of how children learn to read, how instruct, how we can instruct children in to read, um, and it's ever accumulating. It's um, it's not just one narrow thing, and it's not fixed. Um, I think depending on who you talk to, sometimes different groups of people view the science of reading as particular things. So for example, some may view the science of reading as um, really focused on foundational skills or phonics instruction um, and uh, have place a larger emphasis there and kind of equate that as the science of reading. Um, and others have a more in inclusive view of both, um, both, you know, decoding or word recognition as well as uh, language comprehension. Um, and, uh, you know, that statement was really helping people to see that knowledge was an important, is an important part of, um, building children's reading skills. And I think of it as in terms of the language comprehension bucket, um, it, the, 
you know, relationship that knowledge has with vocabulary, for example, is, is a really important one. So and some people view vocabulary as just the tip of the iceberg of the conceptual knowledge that one has, because uh, vocabulary is what you can see and assess. But when you think about the ways that you can instruct vocabulary, you can instruct vocabulary in ways where words are, uh, it, you know, words that are semantically related to one another are discussed and taught in categories and um with ideas that are overlapping and conceptual and coherent text sets. So vocabulary and knowledge kind of, to me, go hand in hand. And I think that with that statement, we're trying to make sure that the, the science is uh, seen um, broadly as it should be, but then, and also making sure that not to emphasize the fact that knowledge plays an important piece in building children's reading skills. I'm so glad you brought up vocabulary because I think sometimes when teachers see that they're teaching vocabulary words, they're, they think they need to teach that in isolation because it, you know, back 30 years ago, you would, you would have like a list of vocabulary words that you had to teach. And, you know, I was also, I had shared with you before I was also a classroom teacher. Okay. We have to teach these vocabulary words and then you're only teaching the definitions and then you just move on the next week to the next set of vocabulary words. And there was never any meaning tied to it. There was never any content taught around it. And hopefully now with people learning more about the science of reading, and as you said, they, they were thinking of it as just that tip of the iceberg. And I think sometimes they just cut that tip off and they just said, <laughs> okay, we do this in isolation and then we don't do anything else and we just move on. Um, especially in that K-2 world and even pre-K, mm -hmm. um, which leads me to ask, because I really want to ask you this, since you have a lot of interest in this pre-K space also, and we have pre-K teachers who listen to us, um, that importance of the oral language skills starting in pre-K, building that right. foundation that is going to lead them to success later on. Can you talk right. to us a little bit about that importance of that oral language, of the oral language skills? Yes. Um, so from birth, right, children are building important language skills that help them with their with all areas of life. But when, you, when we think about it from specifically from a reading perspective, that language that's developing in those daily interactions between adults and children from birth um, are, are, are just critical to their development um, and kind of lay a foundation for their literacy development. Now, um, the language that's used in written language is different than the language that we use when we speak. For example, written language, the language of books is often more syntactically complex or different, syntactically different than what we speak. And there's different vocabulary words that are used. So a lot of, some people refer to the words that are, you know, used in the, the language of books as more academic vocabulary. Now, if children don't have access really early on to the, to the academic vocabulary or the language of books, um, that's gonna make a real difference for them when they enter school. So for example, children who are read to, right? And begin to understand 
the the language of books. And while while the language of conversation is important, it's the language of the books that's going to help them be um, literate adults. Um, and so thinking about um, those important things that start developing um, through conversations, but also through interactions around text as they're in the preschool years is really important. So that leads me to my next question. Um, people around around the foundation like to say they invented the read aloud um, here. But, uh, I, I think all I think even before this, the read aloud uh, became in vogue, good teachers were all were still reading aloud and mm-hmm. interacting with students as they were doing read alouds. It was just something natural that strong ed- educators did. My mom was a teacher. She did it, you know, 40 years ago. Um, so what do you see as the importance of read alouds in K2 and then even right. in upper grades? Yeah. So the, um, you know, when I think about read alouds, you talked about that interactive piece and that's key. Um, in our work in um, in the preschool and the early grades, um, when we look at read alouds, we're looking at really the interactive nature of those read alouds and find that the conversations that happen outside of the text itself is is important for children's language learning. So we call those extra textual conversations that are beyond the words in the text. So that begins to be important for children's learning starting in pre in the preschool period. Um, so those the the the, it, the read aloud um, is important in those early years, largely due to the interact. Well, in addition to the text, due to the interactions that uh, adults and children are having, as children are in the primary grades um, and as they move through the grades, they need to make the read alouds need to be able to expose children to language that is more complex than what they're able to read on their own. So making sure that the the read aloud, um, you know, surpasses what is read on their own. I think in in core knowledge, I believe it's a couple of um, grade levels above where they are able to read typically. Um, And so that that, uh, introduces them to more sophisticated, uh, more complex language structures as well as vocabulary. Um, Because when they go to be able to try to decode that vocabulary themselves one day, they need to have it in their lexicon. They need to be able to know the word uh, in their oral language in order to decode that word uh, later on. So I think read aloud has an important um, place throughout the grades. Now my focus is on the the pre-K through second grade space. Um, and I find it is an indispensable part. Those discussions around before, during, and after reading are indispensable to learning. You have a research study that was completed, um, mm-hmm. and you posted some preliminary findings. I know you're working on finalizing those, and we want to make sure that we have you back to talk about all of your final findings, but you did po- publish some of your preliminary findings. Yeah. Can you share some of those with sure. us um, and first explain what your study was and then talk about sure. those preliminary findings? Absolutely. So um, my team and I um, ran two randomized control trials of core knowledge language arts. 
um, in kindergarten. One, one of the trials was in kindergarten only, and the second one was in kindergarten and first grade. Um, we uh, just studied the knowledge strand of the program, and we asked schools to keep whatever phonics instruction in place or foundational skills instruction in place that they had, but replace their language comprehension or their read alouds with the knowledge strand. And, um, you know, we um, preliminary, so teachers did this in uh, kindergarten. So when we think about preliminary findings, we're talking about the kindergarten year and teachers did this from about December to the end of the school year. So it was approximately one semester of instruction in the knowledge strand. And we worked with the foundation um, to uh, provide professional development for teachers, as well as, um, uh, you know, be able to take, because we weren't able to implement the full curriculum, we chose uh, particular uh, units um, to, um, of the program to uh, implement. And, um, Again, this was a study also, I didn't say this was a study funded uh, by the Institute of Education Sciences, the U.S. Department of Education. So it was independent from either the Core Knowledge Foundation or from Amplify. It was completely independent of those uh, two entities. Um, so preliminarily, what we found um, was that uh, both that the children who were exposed to Core Knowledge Language Arts um, did a um, better job um, understanding words that were taught in the curriculum, right? So they learned the words that were taught, right? We expect that finding, right? They also learned the knowledge that was taught. And in the knowledge, um, we, we tested plants and Native Americans. Now, 100% of all teachers, regardless of whether they were in the treatment condition or the control condition, said that they taught about plants. But the core those who had core knowledge language arts uh, performed uh, better in terms of their knowledge about plants. And then the, the most exciting finding of the study was that there was a, an effect, small yet significant effect on children's general um, expressive vocabulary as measured by standardized tests. So they're learning generalized to their vocabulary, which is a finding that a lot of there the, the, only a few studies um, actually find, and that it was it's really hard to shift indices of general language use um, as measured by standardized tests. It's easy to shift, you know, the words that they learn the words you taught them, but it's much harder to shift a general set of words. So the fact that there was a significant finding on the general set of words was really encouraging um, in terms of, um, you know, encouraging and surprising to me um, because I wouldn't have expected uh, a significant finding on the, uh, until later into, until more um, implementation had been completed because this was a study originally that was supposed to go kindergarten through second grade. We did run into some problems uh, during the COVID timeframe, especially um, with, uh, you know, going up through second grade. Um, but in our second um, study, we were able to do kindergarten and first grade implementation before COVID hit and we're analyzing kind of the results of that right now. 
So stay tuned for more. But so far, what we have um, seen are very promising findings, and they are in keeping with the larger literature. There's a larger literature on integrated knowledge and um, literacy approaches that shows that this integration seems to be more powerful for children's vocabulary and comprehension than more siloed approaches to literacy and, and, and content instruction. So there seems to be some purchase in integrating. And that's really what I'm interested in. It is really exciting because uh, you, you had mentioned you, your study was cut short because of, of the pandemic. Um, but to be able to see findings just even with one year, um, it would have been great if longitudinally you would have been able to finish this out and, right. and see more of what those gains would be. But even that small little piece is really exciting and it affirms what we're trying to do here at the foundation and that other um, curriculums are trying to do as well with this integrated approach um, and just how important having that knowledge piece is along with strong mm -hmm. foundational skills. I don't want to diminish that in any way. Absolutely. And I want to reiterate that too, that I in do in my in focusing on language and knowledge, I in no way want to diminish foundational skills um, and in code related instruction and the, the, the necessity of you know, decoding and, and word recognition in reading. To me, that's a given. And there are some approaches that integrate uh, knowledge along with not only the language pieces, but also the decoding pieces of instruction. So um, the phonics pieces. And so I, I uh, want to make sure that the message is not, you know, knowledge only, you know, uh, you know, I think both of those things are extremely critical. We were just happening to happening to study the, the knowledge strand of CKLA because it was doing something unique in the space. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No. Yeah. I want to make sure that people understood that um, although we're, we're focusing on this and we're highlighting this and your work is highlighting this, that we all, I think all good educators understand that that phonics piece, again, like to your point is, is a given and that we need that strong foundational skills piece in addition right. to this knowledge piece that when you put it together, you're mm -hmm. just giving your students the best possible start in that, in that pre-K through two space yes. to be strong readers moving forward. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Sonia, for, for uh, taking the time to join us today. And we are going to have you back when you publish your all of your findings. Great. Um, so that that way people will, will have even more information that they can yes. take back to their schools, that they can take back to their parents, and also so that they know that what they're doing is really important to building literacy. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed coming on and speaking today. Thanks. Mm -hmm.